0: This is the Raising Freethinkers Podcast. I'm Dale McGowan, editor and co author of Raising Freethinkers and Parenting Beyond Belief, books for raising compassionate, curious kids without religion. The Victorian era in the UK was a time of incredible intellectual activity. A lot of long-standing assumptions were being overturned by scientific advances from the age of the earth to the kinship of all living things. Defenders of religious orthodoxy decried what they saw as unacceptable contradictions to scripture. Many Anglicans believed their church was becoming too secular. A movement called Tractarianism, aiming to restore traditional elements of ritual and identity, created a split in the denomination that's still evident today. But it's important to recognize that other religious leaders were advocates of science during this time, even when it challenged church doctrine. And one of these was the Reverend Charles Kingsley. I'm about to share a letter that he received from Huxley. It's a letter that has meant a lot to me over the years. Now, before I get to the letter, I want to spend a minute on Kingsley to put it in context. It's easy to get him wrong, in this story. I want you to know that he was one of the good guys. Kingsley was a chaplain to Queen Victoria and a Cambridge historian who endorsed Darwin's theory of evolution by natural selection. All I have seen of it awes me, he wrote to Darwin after viewing an advance copy of On the Origin of Species. If you be right, I must give up much that I have believed and written. It was his support of Darwin that brought him into contact with Huxley, who was to become the most famous public advocate of Darwin's theory. In September 1860, the Huxley family suffered the death of their three-year-old son, Noel, Our Delight and Our Joy, as Huxley had written in his diary, from Scarlet Fever. Thursday he and I had a great romp together. On Friday his restless head, with its bright blue eyes and tangled golden hair, tossed all day on his pillow. On Saturday night the 15th, I carried him here into my study and laid his cold still body here, where I write." As you'll hear shortly, Kingsley wrote to console Huxley. Huxley's reply to his friend is one of the great personal testaments to scientific integrity and the quest for knowledge even when the implications of knowledge are difficult or painful. Huxley was a biologist who earned the nickname Darwin's Bulldog as the first major defender of Darwin's On the Origin of Species. I admired him as a brilliant and courageous writer and thinker. And when I learned that he, like Wordsworth, had suffered the death of a child, I went looking for anything he might have written about it, because Huxley like me, was not a religious believer. In September 1860, Huxley watched a fever ravage his three-year-old son Noel and finally held him as he died. He sat in the chair with his hand on Noel's hand and then reached into the desk drawer and wrote in his journal, wrote about how much he loved his son how devastating his loss was, how much he wanted him back. He had given up religious belief years before, so he believed there was no by-and-by when they'd be reunited. He was face-to-face with the implications of those convictions. Real, irretrievable loss without any comforting illusions. He received letters of condolence, hundreds of them, All of which he answered with a line or two of thanks, except one, a letter from the Reverend Canon Kingsley, chaplain to the Queen and a personal friend of Huxley's. Kingsley had written that he himself could not face the loss of a loved one without knowing that that person would live on in another existence. Fortunately, he said, he had that assurance, and he invited Huxley to come to faith and be comforted in his time of loss. I don't fault Kingsley for this, I really don't. He could have sat smug in his rectory and said, God hath dealt a mighty blow to the unbeliever, but he didn't do that. He showed complete integrity within his own beliefs, and he tried to give Huxley what he had to give. In reply, Huxley wrote the most moving testament to intellectual integrity that I've ever seen, and gave me a model for my own grief, should I ever face it at that level. My dear Kingsley, he wrote, I cannot sufficiently thank you both on my wife's account and on my own for your long and frank letter and for all the hearty sympathy which it exhibits. My convictions, positive and negative, on all the matters of which you speak, are of long and slow growth and are firmly rooted. But the great blow which fell upon me seemed to stir them to their foundation. And had I lived a couple of centuries earlier, I could have fancied a devil scoffing at me, asking me what profit it was to have stripped myself of the hopes and consolations of the mass of mankind. To which my only reply was, and is, Oh, devil, truth is better than much profit. I have searched over the grounds of my belief, and if wife and child and name and fame were all to be lost to me, one after the other, as the penalty, still I will not lie. I neither deny nor affirm the immortality of man. I see no reason for believing in it. But on the other hand, I have no means of disproving it. Surely it must be plain that an ingenious man could speculate without end on both sides and find analogies for all his dreams. Nor does it help to tell me that the aspirations of mankind, that my own highest aspirations even, lead me towards the doctrine of immortality. What is this but in grand words asking me to believe a thing because I like it? Science has taught me the opposite lesson She warns me to be careful, how I adopt a view which jumps with my preconceptions, and to require stronger evidence for such a belief than for one to which I was previously hostile. My business is to teach my aspirations to conform themselves to fact, not to try and make facts harmonize with my aspirations. Science seems to me to teach in the highest and strongest manner the great truth which is embodied in the Christian conception, of entire surrender to the will of God. Sit down before fact as a little child. Be prepared to give up every preconceived notion. Follow humbly wherever and to whatever abysses nature leads, or you shall learn nothing. I have only begun to learn content and peace of mind, since I have resolved at all risks to do this. If at this moment I am not a worn-out, Debauched, useless carcass of a man, if it has been or will be my fate to advance the cause of science, if I feel that I have a shadow of a claim on the love of those about me, if, in the supreme moment when I looked down into my boy's grave, my sorrow was full of submission and without bitterness, it is because these ideas have worked upon me, and not because I have ever cared. Whether my poor personality shall remain distinct forever from the all from whence it came and whither it goes. And thus, my dear Kingsley, you will understand what my position is. I may be quite wrong, and in that case, I know I shall have to pay the penalty for being wrong. But I can only say, with Luther, God help me, I cannot do otherwise. I know right well that 99 out of 100 of my fellows would call me atheist, infidel, and all the other usual hard names. As our laws stand, if the lowest thief steals my coat, my evidence, my opinions being known, would not be received against him. But I cannot help it. There is one thing people shall not call me with justice, and that is a liar. As you say of yourself, I too feel that I lack courage. But if ever the occasion arises when I am bound to speak, I will not shame my boy. Huxley and Kingsley continued their friendship and correspondence for years, touching on topics large and small. I have a great respect for all the old bottles, Huxley wrote to Kingsley in 1863, referring to old religious assumptions. And if the new wine can be got to go into them, and not burst them, I shall be very glad. But, he added, I confess I do not see my way to it. Kingsley and other clergy who granted that they might have to, quote, give up much that they have believed in the face of scientific advances were often under strong pressure to reaffirm orthodoxy. Despite his unorthodoxy, Kingsley became a canon of Westminster Abbey, in 1873. Huxley coined the term agnostic a few years earlier, in 1869. The same year, a series of acts in Parliament ended the Christian oath requirement to which he referred in his letter. Agnosticism joins the a prefix for without to the Greek word gnosis for knowledge to mean not knowing. In actual usage, agnostic usually implies that something is not only unknown, but unknowable. Huxley explained it this way in an essay in 1889. When I reached intellectual maturity and began to ask myself whether I was an atheist, a theist, or a pantheist, a materialist or an idealist, Christian or a freethinker, I found that the more I learned and reflected, the less ready was the answer. Until, at last... I came to the conclusion that I had neither art nor part with any of these denominations, except the last, Freethinker. The one thing in which most of these good people were agreed was the one thing in which I differed from them. They were quite sure they had attained a certain gnosis, had more or less successfully solved the problem of existence. while well, I was quite sure I had not, and had a pretty strong conviction that the problem was insoluble. So I took thought, and invented what I conceived to be the appropriate title of agnostic. It came into my head as suggestively antithetic to the Gnostic of church history, who professed to know so much about the very things of which I was ignorant. To my great satisfaction, the term took. That's how I first knew Thomas Huxley, as the earliest defender of Darwin, and as the coiner of a useful term. But it's the strength and integrity he showed in his darkest moment, in the shadow of the loss of his darling boy. That's what I'm most grateful for. The Raising Freethinkers podcast is a production of OnlySky Media, exploring the whole human experience from the secular perspective. Visit us online at OnlySky.media. Thanks for listening. I'm Dale McGowan. See you next time for Raising Freethinkers.